you are listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform, where we are only one of the few news outlets that's going to give you the unburnished truth about what's happening in America and around the globe. Now, there are other outlets that are doing the exact same thing. And you will find them all on the America Out Loud platform at americaoutloud.news. So I would encourage you to go on over there where you will find a stream of steady news cycles of information that will keep you informed. You don't want to miss it. Tonight, my special guest host is Heather Robinson of the New York Post. And tonight's discussion is uh, just going to basically cover some of the headline news that have been taking place over the last couple of days. And one of the things that I want to discuss, definitely want to get Heather's thoughts on, one, this information that we're finding out. So they're saying that Israel knew about the impending attack by Hamas for almost a year and that there are some intelligent agencies here in America that knew about it also. I also want to talk about the college professors from these Ivy League schools that are supposed to be going to Congress to testify about what they're not doing to curb anti-Semitism at their universities. Also want to discuss Elon Musk and how the left are coming after him. Just to be clear, I don't think that he's anti-Semitic. I think that the tweet that he retweeted, he had to explain it. But as they say, when you have to explain something, you know, probably shouldn't have done it. But his explanation, it does make a whole lot of sense in that he was saying these he's referring to those Jewish individuals who are supporting Hamas, who are coming out on the other side, the same way I have called out Black individuals who are supporting these liberal causes that are going to impact them and their communities. So we're going to talk about that as well as we might even uh, go back over the debate that took place because Heather and I, we haven't had a chance to, I haven't had a chance rather to get her thoughts on it. But going back to our first topic about what did Israel know, when did they know it, and why didn't they act upon it? Because we all know that any intelligence agency, Israel has one of the finest, one of the best. And they're always able to pinpoint or to prevent as much as possible these types of attacks. And the attack that took place on October 7th, it seemed to have caught Israel, well, the entire world by surprise. And the amount of carnage that followed is almost akin to the Holocaust and our 9-11. So of course, people are going to ask, how did they miss this? What happened? What didn't they see? You know, I don't know exactly if this report is true, I I, I kind of want to think that, I mean, no matter what you do, if people want to attack you, they're going to attack you. But you can always try to minimize the, the bloodshed, so to speak. But when I see this report and I see what's happening here in America and I see what the Biden administration, what they're not doing and what they're trying to do, with trying to keep Israel from completely demolishing Hamas, and we see the protests that are taking place in the United States and around the globe, and the pressure that's being placed on this administration, this Democrat administration, which is not the Democrat Party 
of a lot of your grandparents or parents. It's a completely different Democrat party. It's a radical party. It's a progressive party. It is a party steeped in communism, socialism, and victimization. So I question whether or not this intel that has now managed to re- has managed to surface is truthful, and if it is, to what degree is it truthful? How much are they showing us? And is this the Biden administration trying to spin again? We don't know. I know that Israel is saying that they're going to investigate this. They want to look at it a little closely. But when you look at the track record, Israel has been on point and prohibiting these types of major attacks on the country. So, Heather, what are your thoughts? What do you think about this report that has now mysteriously surfaced that Israel knew, but they did nothing because they thought it was, oh, that's impossible. Hamas can't do it. What are your thoughts? I haven't read the report yet, but I, I have read reports of the report. I mean, my my kind of gut reaction is I don't think it's so different from what happened to America on 9-11. I think it's upsetting, terrible. We should be better prepared. Israel should be better prepared. But I think that there's also often this sort of childlike impulse to blame, to blame daddy, as it were, you know, whoever's in charge for not protecting us. The reality is that um, I'm not going to say there's no way to protect us because I think there is. I think, you know, that's why we have national security and we have a military and, you know, ideally it should do a better job. But it's also true that in a world with this many haters, particularly when the civilized world pretty much refuses to go on offense. And you got you and I have talked about this many times, Rob. I mean, I hate to say it, but I, you know, I, I think that there could be a major terrorist attack here too. I think that Iran could do something and we're pretty uh, vulnerable here in America too, because we're all in denial that Islamofascists are at war with the civilized world. That's something that, you know, as peace-loving, life-loving people, Americans and Israelis don't want to spend most of our time thinking about But these lunatics, that's all they do. They don't produce much of anything in terms of culture, creativity, you know, inventions, business, uh, sports. I mean, they don't do anything other than sit around and plot how to kill Israelis, Jews, Americans, how to reestablish an Islamist caliphate. So the point is that unless our security apparatus is so... Um, so vigilant and we are so united in being a fortress against this, we're all vulnerable. And I, you know, I believe the answer, I, I, you know, from where I sit, I think it's to go on offense. I think we should, you know, I think President Trump did some of that. You know, he went on offense against ISIS. I don't know all the details, but he was, you know, he was, uh, enacting all kinds of um, operations to target them, to really completely degrade their capacities um, in the Arab world. 
And I think we should be doing that. I think we should be dismantling Iran and that regime. I mean, if we're not going to do it, I just think that, look, I mean, you can, you can build uh, fences and alarm systems. And, uh, but if these terror networks are highly organized and funded and determined and motivated to attack and you're not, you know, aggressively, um, aggressively crushing them around the world and cutting off their supply of weapons and money, then you're going to be vulnerable. That's kind of my take on it. I mean, to, to, to spend your life trying to guess where they're going to hit next and which fence will they breach and which event will they bomb and which airliner will they hijack, I mean, is a form of defense playing that, okay, I mean, you, that's cool. You, you should try, but if you, you know, you'd have to spend like literally your entire waking life and your country's security apparatus consumed with it night and day to try to anticipate what they're going to do. I think that, you know, we really need to go on offense. That's what I think. I agree. We need to go on offense. We can't spend our every waking moment trying to decide where they're going to attack, what's going to happen next. We have to just completely defeat them. We have to remove them from the face of the earth. But apparently the Biden administration does not have an appetite for that. And if yep. they do, I guess they're, the party, as I mentioned in my opening, the progressive party, they don't want none of it. I mean, look at Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, who's coming out saying that we're trying to talk to Israel and we're telling them to try and not, you know, to be careful with civilians because they're killing civilians. I'm like, wait a minute. What about the Israelis? Why aren't you guys speaking to Hamas about what they're doing and what they're continuing to do? They asked for a ceasefire. They said that they would release some of the hostages. But in the process, they were still putting their network of terrorists together to go after Israel. And not only that, Heather, we can't be we can't look the other way and not realize that Iran is attacking many of our ships overseas and the media won't report on it. This is Iran. They are attacking. Now, do you think this would happen under Trump? Absolutely not, because nope. Trump would have already gone after them. And then the media would have been saying, oh, how could he? This is wrong. But they know, Iran knows, that we have a weak media, a media that's controlled by the Democrat regime, and they're not going to report on it. Now, some of you will say, well, how do you know about it? But see, when I say report on it, it's one thing to just put it out there and leave it there and look the other way which is what this media does. You look at the entire Russia collusion when they brought it up. Buried in the story, they would always say, there is no concrete evidence, but this is the same thing that they're doing when Iran is attacking our troops. They'll put it there, oh, and Iran attacked this troop, and then they move on. But everything else, they will create an entire story around it to make you think, oh, this is important. What are we doing here? I look at what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. The war is over, folks. Ukraine has lost. Let's just accept it. Ukraine has lost. But we continue to send the money. For what? Why are we sending the money? We should say, that's it. It's enough. It's over. Have a good day. Figure it out. But it's over. But the media has you thinking, oh, just a little bit more. 
Oh, if we give a little bit more money, but what are we giving the money for? They won't tell you that. They want you to think that we're trying to protect the democracy there. We're trying to protect the democracy. What about the democracy in Israel? What about the lives in Israel? So Lord Austin, who's coming out saying, well, we're talking to the prime minister and we want him to be careful because of the civilians that are being killed. And you have Lindsey Graham coming out saying that he's lost all confidence in Lord Austin. Well, I never had any confidence in him because I always viewed him as a diversity hire. Plain and simple. The man does, I mean, I don't want it to take away from his accomplishments, but that is a position he should not be in. You can't be there just as a figurehead, which is what he's serving, just as a figurehead so that this administration can say, oh, we put the first black secretary of defense. Look at him. Look at what we did. Woohoo, woohoo. That's not going to help, especially in a time of crisis, especially in such a time that we're in right now. We need true leaders. We need true leaders to step up. We need true leaders to get us out of this mess because the Biden administration under Secretary of State Blinken, they're not going to do it. They want to tie Israel's hand while Israelis are being killed. When was the last time they called out Hamas? As we said last night on our show, Biden came out and apologized to Hamas for getting the numbers wrong as to the amount of people that were killed. Apologized. Well, he, didn't, he, he apologized oh. to the Muslim leaders that came to the White House. Apologized. It's like, like, he apologized why would he to, to Muslim leaders, uh, U.S. Muslim leaders. He came out and apologized. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what was that about? This just strengthens what they're doing. It gives them more credibility as if though they had any credibility. It sets the wrong tone, the incorrect narrative. But this is Biden. Go and look at our podcast. I think it posted on Friday apologizing for getting the numbers wrong. This is the United States, oh gosh, I dare say it, president, the leader of the free world, so he's supposed to be. But we know that he isn't. We did another show that's up on podcast that he's being controlled. He's a puppet, and Obama is a puppet master. He is a puppet master. So this report that they're talking about now that they seemingly found, I question it, Heather. I sincerely question it because I'm not certain if it's accurate. Well, I mean, I haven't read it. I mean, if what they're saying is that they picked up chatter, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of chatter all the time. And, you know, like I said, I mean, I don't know. I can't make a judgment as to how much blame goes justifiably to Shin Bet and the Mossad and Israel's security apparatus i i can't make a judgment i don't know enough but my general thought as i said rob is that we are vulnerable and we refuse to go on offense from where i sit this not just applies to israel but to america we're involved in these proxy wars (coughs) excuse me against countries that Look, I'm not trying to say that Russia's some harmless teddy bear, okay, or that Putin's a nice man. But they haven't directly attacked America or Americans. We have been in 20-year-long nation-building projects in countries where, okay, maybe the rationale for going had some basis, but from where I sit... 
we poured resources into projects that failed. We seem to take on the more questionable conflicts and projects, things that you can make a case for, but that you can make a case against because these countries, whether it's, you know, Russia, Iraq, um, you know, hadn't directly attacked America or done anything. I mean, Russia's holding one American, Evan uh, Gershkovitz, the Wall Street Journal reporter, that's true. But I mean, when you compare it to Iran, that has has waged terroristic bloody war on us for 40 years, grabbed our people in the 1970s, backed Hezbollah that murdered 241 Marines in 1983 and bombed our Navy ship, the USS Cole, uh, tortured our diplomats in the 1980s. They abducted and tortured several Americans. They have funded this monstrous, massive... uh, massacre, maiming, raping, abducting our allies, civilians in Israel, including 10 Americans, and we hardly ever hear anything about that. No, they're the ones who cannot be touched, apparently. And I got to say, it doesn't make sense from where I sit. I mean, I guess geopolitics are complicated, but it just seems like Biden keeps giving them our lunch money. You know, I mean, I, I, I read that $10 $10 billion were unfrozen from Iraq. Somehow it was money that was being tied up in Iraq and it, it now went to Iran so they can get electricity, something, I, you know. But the point is it's fungible. So it's basically more money, tens of billions of dollars in the pocket of the regime, Iran's regime. And this, it's like the more they torment us, like you said, they've They've attacked our ships like 70 times or something since October 7th, and we don't do anything. We just take it from them. I don't, I'm I'm at a loss. I don't know why. I mean, okay, I guess we're afraid of of entering something direct with them because we're afraid of World War III, but apparently we're not afraid of that when it comes to, you know, this war against Russia. Which again, I mean, I'm. I get that there's a case to be made and all that, but you know, Russia hasn't killed Americans, abducted Americans. Well, they have one American. Okay, they have taken one person, which is not to be dismissed. But I mean, they're not in general a, an enemy that's directly been belligerent toward us and our civilians and our service members for decades now. It's all been theoretical. I mean, to me, I, I've shared with you, Rob, this reminds me a lot of the way liberals, leftists love to obsess about global warming. It's a huge, massive theoretical. We've been maybe in 50 or 100 years, you know, it may or may not be causing some of the natural disasters we see. Of course, there have always been natural disasters, and that's part of nature, but can't be proven definitively what's being caused by global warming or that it's going to be on balance the end of the world. And if it is, it's maybe going to have more effect in 50 or 100 years. And it's something America has done what it sort of basically can do about already. It's it's mainly now being caused by the developing world. But the point is, there's not much else an individual American can do about it. That's what they want to talk about. Hold that thought. Hold that thought, because we've got to pay some bills. Got to go to commercial break. And I want you to we're going to pick that up on the other side of the break. You're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew. 
on the America Out Loud platform and my special guest host tonight, Heather Robinson of the New York Post, who will return after this commercial break. Clean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. And we're back in After Dark with Robin Andrew. And when we went to commercial break, Heather was talking about this entire obsession of the left with global warming, and she was comparing it to what's taking place today. So I'm going to allow Heather to pick back up where she left off before we went to commercial break. Go ahead, Heather. Just that I think that there's a tendency on the part of the left and Democrats to focus on the theoretical enemy problem catastrophe in the future that may or may not happen and a reluctance to deal with immediate, um, just undeniable, looming problems. It's like a person who sits and worries that they're going, you know, it's neurotic. It's like a person who sits and worries, who's healthy, basically, you know, but who doesn't have a job, okay, or an income or, you know, but worries, sits around instead of getting a job and getting an alarm system and going to the gym and improving their life, they, they sit and worry that in 20 years they might get cancer and die. Well, they might or they might not, but the immediate problem is they need to get their life together. That's just an example. But what I'm trying to say is that I think there's a tendency to, it just seems like the the problems and the fights that we take on, you know, the U.S. foreign policy establishment, certainly the Democrats and the Republicans too. I mean, just from where I sit, it seems like it's mostly been these theoreticals that have consumed us in recent decades. And it just seems like, I hate to say it, Rob, we've made the wrong call. Like if there's any opportunity to make the wrong call, we've made it. Okay, we've chosen to, you know, enter this fight with Russia 
which, okay, I know what Russia did and, you know, marching into Ukraine was wrong, but this is not from the, you know, you and I've talked about this. I, it just does not seem to me that the differences between Russia and Ukraine, even though I guess they exist and I'm, you know, that's their business and they have, this isn't a stark existential, absolutely life and death genocidal conflict like the Nazis and Imperial Japan versus America or, you know, the modern democratic state of Israel and um, radical, primitive, fanatical throwback Islamists. It's just, you know, in in these cases, there can be no conciliation. America could not have negotiated with the Nazis. Either it was we wear, you know, wear the swastika and wrap, put people in camps and end freedom and completely end our way of life, or we fight to the death. Uh, similarly, you know, Israel cannot accommodate Hamas. You saw what they did on October 7th, what they would do to every man, woman, and child if they could. This is an absolute life and death. Two groups of people with utterly opposed ideologies, ways of life, philosophies, motivations, culture. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's the case with Russia and Ukraine. Okay. I'm sure it's a, it's a longstanding, messy, painful thing, but these are not people who are in terms of their level of development, their background, their ethnicity, their history, 180 million degrees opposite each other. They are people who have lived together who, you know, will need to live together. And actually, I suppose that's true of all of us in this world, if you really want to get abstract about it. But I mean, when you're dealing with absolute evil or someone who's determined to subjugate or annihilate you to the point that you can't live, then you need to go to war. That's Israel's situation. That was America's situation of World War II. I think we misread this situation in Russia and Ukraine. But, you know, even if uh, Putin were genocidal, which he's not, um, toward his own people, basically, which the Ukrainians are, you know, connected to Russians, it's still, there was no way to win this because he's got nuclear weapons. So it seemed like an odd thing for me to, you know, from a logical perspective for us to have entered into. What do I know? Little old me. But it turns out years down the road, sure enough, we're in a stalemate. Um, I don't see the way out of it. I think we're draining resources. And now, you know, our democratic ally, our great ally, a country that really does share our values in every way that really matters in terms of, you know, genuine tolerance for minority rights, for speech, for women's rights, for religious freedom. Um, Israel is under genocidal attack and we are under attack from a regime, Iran, that's grabbed our people independently of its beef with Israel, um, tormented us, conducted uh, terrorist operations through its, its proxies, Hezbollah and, and Hamas, against our forces, you know, many times over the past 40 years. They, we are allowing to continue to abuse our service members. They've bombed, attacked our ships with drones 70 times in the past month and a half and we've basically done nothing and and biden keeps giving them our lunch money i don't i'm you know i'm just at a loss rob i mean i 
I get that this isn't simple. I guess maybe the fear is that if we push on Iran, that it pushes this axis closer together, Russia, China. But, but I, I, I just don't see how we can keep taking it like this. Clearly, right. well, these people are on the rise. They don't fear America, and they should. They don't fear America. And I think that is part of the strategy of the Biden administration to keep everyone thinking that what he's doing is in our benefit, and it isn't. And I will say again, I fault the media who's supposed to hold our elected officials accountable, but they have gone for a walk on the wild side. And Heather, I hate to say it, but I'm going to continue to say this. The media as it exists today needs to be shut down, not the free press. Hear me correctly. Correctly. I'm not referring to the free press. The free press is alive and well, and it should remain that way. But the media, as we know it, consisting of fake news, CNN, the Washington Post, PMS, NBC, and the New York Times, and some of the others have become functioning arms of this Democrat regime. Whatever they spit out, they will regurgitate and they will put into their narrative. That is extremely dangerous. We should have it a free and independent press. And we know that we don't because as of last week, we had Matt Taibbi and Michael Schindberg to go right be- back before Congress to testify what they found out in the Twitter files. And I said Mike Schind- Schickenberg, but it's Michael oh, okay. Schellenberg. Came out and testified again before Congress and again said that the media and big tech were in cahoots and that the Biden White House, not just the Biden White House, Heather, but the Democrat Party would weigh heavily on these outlets to say, we don't like what you're reporting. You need to change it. And you know why they were doing it? And I mentioned this on last mm-hmm. night's show. They were doing it because they know that the White House, the government, can't directly prohibit free speech, but they can go through a third party, which is what they did. And we also found out from Michael Schellenberg and Mike Taibbi that this also happened under the Trump administration. But as I said last night, and I clearly explained to you that although Trump was in office, you still had individuals who are civil servant employees that were hired by Barack Obama And that was like almost 12 years ago that are still working there now. So it doesn't matter if Trump was in office. If they didn't want the message to get across, they weren't going to let it get across. And they could still control the information flow. There you have it. The media under control of a Democrat government, a Democrat regime that has gone radical. And we need to call them out. So because of that, I would submit to you that they need to be shut down. Otherwise, our country will fall. And Trump has said it. He said it on more than one occasion that the media is the enemy of the people. Again, to be clear, because I want to make certain that you all understand what I'm saying. I am not talking about the free press. Okay. But those members of the press that I have named, they've become compromised. They will not report the news. They will not report the facts because if they would, they would be reporting on the Twitter files right now. The men that are up there that are testifying on the Hill, Michael Schellenberg and Mike Taibbi, they're not conservatives. They didn't vote for Trump. 
They're Democrats. Even Mike Taibbi said that he donated to Democrats. He's been a Democrat all his life, but his eyes have yes. been woken. He has been awakened, and he now sees that the danger that's coming from this Democrat Party. And as I said during the first block, it is not the Democrat Party of your grandparents. This Democrat Party has morphed into something diabolical. It is morphed into victimization, and they try to reach out and touch people on an emotional basis to get them to do what they want them to do. And the only thing they want is their vote. They don't care about the individual person at all. And that is extremely dangerous. That is a reason why now we have people on the streets rallying and supporting a terrorist organization. I think last Sunday night, you had these same radicals to shut down a major mall in New York City protesting, waving the flag of Hamas. This is dangerous. And how did, yeah. we get, how did we get here? Well, let's just think back when we shut down everything. And they say that, oh, Trump, he's evil. He's going to shut down everything. If Trump was a dictator, when he had the opportunity during COVID, he could have shut everything down and did whatever he wanted to do, but he didn't do it. But you know who did do it? Joe Biden and his Democrat friends, they shut us down. They took away a lot of our civil liberties. They went after their opponents. They went after anyone who didn't agree with them. They went after parents who were pushing back on all these trans studies, pushing back on it. There's your dictator now. So Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski and Joy Reid, while you're trying to say, oh, no, it's Trump, it's Trump. People are waking up, and we need more people to wake up and realize what's happening. And you know what, Heather? We need some people to wake up that are in seemingly supposed to be in the Republican Party because they see what's happening, and they don't care. You know why? Because they've been insulated. They have all of their money, and they don't care what's happening. As long as they can keep making their money, as long as they can stay in their ivory tower, they're okay. And see, that's what Republicans have done in the past. When they saw that the educational system was being dragged down they said, well, we don't care. Let them do it because our kids are going to go to private school. So it's okay. And they're saying the same thing now. They see the destruction that's in the land, but they're sitting back and saying, well, we're in our ivory tower. We will continue to make our money. So it won't impact us. And the only time well, they will wake up is when it hit them in the butt. Heather, what do you say? Well, you make some very interesting arguments, Rob, and you do see the panorama. I, I mean, I hear you. It's a very tough set of problems because we see that there's been this, this infiltration. It's, it's so, it's just so insidious and like it's ubiquitous, apparently the woke indoctrination, as I've said, you know, it's really the over application of a simplistic one idea, a fixed idea that whoever has less is the, innocent, pure, non-racist, non-biased, uh, injured, deserving party, and whoever has more or does better in life is the oppressor, exploiter, evil, deserves to be ganged up on, torn down, humiliated. It's, it's Marxism, basically, only it's got an even meaner edge, I think. Um, although I guess Marxism, let's face it, got pretty mean, killed millions of people, right? So, um, 
and it's come here through the universities and and in you know the media too you're right i just don't think you can start outlawing i you know i we have to push back we have to fight back for the soul of our nation and our young people and their educations you're right i just don't think legislating ideas out of existence is the way i think we need to just have conversations like this be aware uh build new media new new schools invest the schools we have with true educators independent thinkers endow chairs and uh programs of midi studies and sociology and you know, other social sciences that, you know, are not just thinking along certain parameters and circumscribed lines, but encouraging people to question and to have their own views and have conservative views as well and independent views. You know, we have to do this uh, intellectually and through our work and through our dollars and what we choose to support. And maybe it sounds small, but I think, you know, little by little, you know, Conservative consumers have finally started to to use their um, their influence. I mean, like just as a one example, there was a riot, a terrible mob on Sunday night in Philadelphia, uh, an ignorant mob getting around screaming free Palestine uh, at a restaurateur's restaurant. This man is a very fine restaurateur. My my understanding is his name is Michael Solomonov, and he donated 100% of the proceeds from his restaurants for a while to Hatzalah, which is an ambulance service in Israel, which, by the way, uh, helps to uh, employ both Israeli Arabs and Israeli Jews just to provide medical care to anyone. These people were amazing on October 7th. I know that at least one of their volunteers, an Arab Muslim, was beaten to death and tortured by Hamas because he was trying to help people at the music festival. This is a wonderful humanitarian, uh, non-partisan organization that this man supported. And for that, for that, this ignorant, ignorant mob is terrorizing him you know, pushing around his store, screaming, just such a, a reservoir of total, complete ignorance. Uh, Heather, I'm sorry, but we're up against another commercial break. So hold that thought. We're going to pick it up on the other side after we pay some bills. You listen to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. We'll be back after this commercial break. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. 
Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Okay, folks, we're back. Last half after dark with Robin Andrew. And Heather was sharing with you a story that uh, she learned about over the weekend. Heather, you want to go ahead and continue that? Well, just that this man, Michael Solomonov, whose restaurant is in Philadelphia, he has several restaurants, has been mobbed and attacked. His store has been attacked because he supported, he announced that he would give 100% proceeds from his restaurant to Hatzalah, which is an ambulance corps in Israel that takes care of people who are injured, anyone, you know, Jewish, Israeli, Arab, Israeli, and it employs, both, you know, all Israelis. It's a, it's a cooperative, humanitarian, uh, great organization. And for that, this ignorant mob has swarmed his store. I just saw some news reports of hundreds of people screaming, free Palestine, and, you know, mobbing his, his establishment. So I thought, you know, we could support him. We could buy his cookbook. It's called Zahav, I believe. Um, and he's a, you know, a well-regarded chef and restaurateur. But so my point is that that's one thing we can do. And, you know, we as conservatives, as independent thinkers, as people who are not ignorant mobsters, that we can, we can act, you know, with our pocketbooks, with our votes, with our voices. We can, we can support others who are humanitarians, who are above this political fray, we can, we can endow teachers at our universities, private universities, who teach a fairer, more accurate representation of Middle East history, which includes the history of the Jewish people who have always been part of the Middle East. And anyone who tells you that Arabs and Jews haven't lived in the Middle East all a long time is a complete ignorant person, because that's just not simply, that's not history. There have always been Jews in the Middle East. And listen, there have been Arabs there, too. That's that's just reality. And, you know, these lies, you know, these distortions, these complete just they're just stupid, Rob. I mean, these are just misinformation being pushed in the universities. The Jews are colonizers. I mean, well, Heather, stuff just, like that. Just to jump onto what you're saying yeah. about it pushed in our universities, we now found out that some of the. Uh, presidents of the top universities, MIT, Harvard, Yale, I think Columbia, will be coming before Congress to testify about what they are doing or what they aren't doing to curb the growing anti-Semitism that's taken place Mm -hmm. on a lot of the the university campuses. And Mm -hmm. speaking along those same lines, even John Fetterman came out and spoke out against the protests that's taken place. John Fetterman, a person who I don't agree with. I don't think he should be on the Hill. But he's come out and said, this is crazy. This should not be happening. Meanwhile, you have AOC and her brigade who are supporting this. Rashida Tlaib, they're supporting this. You can't. This is 2023. 
did we think that we would fall so far down this rabbit hole? Well, I would submit to you, yes, because Biden is not the person many people or the media sold him to be. He is a threat to democracy. He is a danger, and he will get us all killed if he is not removed, if he is not isolated. I mean, they talked about isolating Trump because, oh, my God, he has his hands on the red button and he could do this. Did we incur any wars under Trump? Nope. Were any countries attacking us? They nope. were afraid of us. You're right. None, none whatsoever. But under Biden, we're pretty much in World War III. We're over in Ukraine. We're in Russia. And now we have the Israeli Hamas. And Biden doesn't know whose side he's on. And on top of that, China is looking at going into Taiwan. And look at North Korea. They're all laughing at us while the media that is controlled by the Democrat Party is telling us Trump is a threat. We've got to put him in jail. We've got to put him in jail. And you have these judges who are compromised, who are marching along the same way, doing all their best to throw this man in jail. Why? Because he wants to make America great again. America, we need to wake up. You are being deceived. You are being royally deceived. You're being played with your emotions to protect this Biden family that we now know is compromised. Senator Comer has presented evidence showing that Biden and his son were in cahoots with Russia and Ukraine. You want to talk about collusion? Here it is. And not only Russia and Ukraine, but China. Checks going into the Biden checking account. And the media is saying, oh, there's no evidence. Oh, you can't prove this. There was no evidence with Trump, and there still isn't. And that whole Russia collusion thing was debunked. But how and why do they have him tied up in court saying, oh, he did this and he did that? It's all subjective. As Tucker Carlson said, he started supporting Trump right after the first indictment when they wanted to throw him in jail after they raided Mar-a-Lago for something that Joe Biden has done, as well as Mike Pence. And we now know that the Attorney General, not the Attorney General, but the special counsel who's investigating Biden, they're saying that there probably won't be any charges. They'll just itch, issue a stern uh, memo saying what you did was wrong. Trump was a novice. Trump was not a politician. Okay, we can give him some slack, if any. Biden has been in the hung in Congress for almost thirty something years. He didn't know any better. Give me a break. Give me a break. And then you have those who are saying like Bill Barr, oh, but they gave Trump the opportunity. Give me a break. That is hogwash. This man was the leader of the free world. And you want to tell me that he's going to sell us out? Meanwhile, we have evidence that Biden did sell us out. He has sold us out to China. Look at what he's doing with Iran. He's looking the other way while they're attacking us. Yep. This is not good. He's giving them money. It's crazy. I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand <laughs> the thinking. I guess he's just hoping that you know, if he, it's just basically appeasement. But the the crazy thing is, it seems like, it just seems like we're we're an, an enemy that maybe theoretically is rational enough that they could be appeased. Perhaps I'm not saying they could or they couldn't, but. 
I mean, Russia, China, say what you will about them. I don't think they're stupid and I don't think they're insane. And I don't think they want to engage in World War III when they can just keep pushing their products and their, you know, influence in these sneakier ways. And I, you know, I don't think we're in mortal immediate danger from them. Those are the ones we want to fight. And meanwhile, these absolute monstrous lunatics who are dismembering, raping, grabbing people off the street, grabbing Americans, holding them, bombing our troops, sending drones, you know, year after year after year. Oh, no, no, we can't touch a hair on their head. We can't. We got to send them billions of dollars. It's, it's, I mean, it just, it would be laughable if it wasn't so scary and, and weak and absolutely illogical from where I sit. But, you know, who am I but a, a beautiful old Jewish woman, as Roseanne Barr once said of herself. So, I, you know, what can I say, Rob? I mean, I call him like I see him. Seems like absolutely wrongheaded foreign policy to me and you know, I wonder what Henry Kissinger w would have said. Too bad he's gone and that he was, you know, so very elderly by the time, you know, he, he died. I, you know, I'm not saying he had all the answers, but he was a, a, a practitioner of real politic, if I'm pronouncing it right, you know, known to be a shrewd kind of realist. And I, I just think we need somebody who is really tough and really smart and, you know, is not going to, not going to pussyfoot around and be ambivalent and confused and appeasing of parties who really cannot be appeased how, and belligerent toward parties that possibly could be appeased. But yet here we are, and that is the reason why we have to speak out and we have to call this out every chance we get. Because if we don't, we look at what happened in Nazi Germany. Now, the left will say that it's the other side, that the right, they're the ones, they're the ones who are like Hitler. But see, they do this when they don't have policies to back them up. They have no policies. Everything that they've done has failed. They failed us at the border. They failed us on the global stage. They're failing us at home. And the only thing that they have is identity politics. To go to people and mm -hmm. say, oh, but look, they don't like you because of you're this way and you're that they way. Have something else, they have something else. What else is that, Heather? The, the abortion issue. Uh, but I don't like I, it. I don't like it either. I don't like it. I don't. But I don't. I think that the conservatives are conservatives are going to have a very hard time. I'm just being real politic here. I'm just. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And they will probably run that. It will hey, probably I run it. Life cause. I'm just saying it is a really, really. I, I hear you, Heather. <laughs> no, I hear you, and I and I agree. It is just not selling to them, and it's not gonna. So the I Republicans, think so Republicans have got to come up with a better response on that issue. Some kind of compromise, something. And, you know, I heard Nikki Haley saying something about 15 weeks, some kind of national. Uh, I don't know all the details, but, you know, here's the thing, you know, from a purely rational, logical, non-emotional standpoint, you know, as a woman, too, I mean, I, I just logically speaking, I can understand where some of these people, these young girls, you know, 
basically, you know, they've been brought up in a world where this isn't a conservative world anymore and people are having sex and they're running around and it's, you know, I think there's a lot of fear that 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 option, that right will be taken away. And it has been in some of the conservative states, It's you know, and I myself, I don't like abortion. I, you know, I want us to have a culture of life very much. But I think that, um, you know, it's a very thorny issue. And, it, you know, it's like, I think that this whole business of it being, you know, in certain conservative states, it's now illegal. And in others, it's a six week demarcation. You know, it's not arbitrary. It's called the heartbeat bill because that's when there's a heartbeat. And that is something that I personally believe we should be sensitive to. But that's six weeks in a lot of girls probably, you know, to put it delicately, I mean, you may not even know you're pregnant at that point. You know, I think things like that are going to be a really, really tough thing to, you know, get young women to, you know, be comfortable voting for. They've been spooked on this issue and whatever your personal feelings about it, I just, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that if we were going to talk real, real politic, you know, real, real talk, real politics, I, I think that issue is going to, you know, it's, it's hurt the, the Republicans before very badly. And, you know, I, I understand that it's a matter of principle. I just wish there were a way to help create a culture of life without taking such a hard line on that issue, because in addition to finding that it's, I, th I think it is, it is an issue that has some complexity, it's also... It's, it's just, it's a loser for the party. It really is. It's going to be. And I just think if there were a way to approach it, you know, so that there was some kind of compromise, you know, uh, banning it late term for anything other than a medical emergency. I mean, I think most Americans would support that. You know, I do think if God forbid you need to do something, 15 weeks is plenty enough time. Okay. I, I don't, you know, I think solids you know majority of americans would overwhelmingly support well heather let me you say know, this in, in the middle of what were you yeah. saying all this i just saw a news flash chris christie says voters deserve straight answer on abortion from gop candidates i think in my opinion trump has articulated a very good position as well as nikki haley i think that other republicans need to take a step back and listen and look at what they're saying so that they can articulate they and do the same it's, thing. Uh, right. They're, they're uh, saying, right. She, she's giving some concession and she's saying that we just can't say that it's just because right now they're saying that we're saying just right out, abandon abortion. You can't have abortion, even if it threatens the life of the mom, even if it's incest or rape. Republicans aren't saying that. Their whole thing is, no, nope, we don't want abortion. Okay, but come out and explain your position. So you're right. Democrats will have that. But other than that, they don't have much of anything else but to demonize the right and say that we're all evil people. And I think that other than abortion, that they will use that and they will say that we're all evil and we're demons and they will play on the emotions of a lot of Americans, especially their voting bloc. Black people, huge voting bloc. Black women, huge voting block. They will play on that nonstop. And it is time that Republicans wake up 
and realize that we need to grow the party. We need to do an outreach and we need to bring these people into the fold as opposed to leaving them out there stranded. We need to let them know that there is room in the party for everyone. We may not always agree on the same thing. Okay. But at the end of the day, there is room for you in this party. Because right now, people are confused, and it's because of the Biden administration. They have us at each other's throat, and it was baked in the cake when Obama left the office. And I think he relished that. He knew exactly what he was doing, and now here we are after he has left office. Look at how divided we are. Look at how divisive everyone is. Look the other day when Melania Trump went to the memorial services for Rosalind Carter and how the media attacked her for what she was wearing. She had on a coat a gray coat. Up under the coat, she had on a black dress. They say, how dare she dress that way? Who does she think she is? Well, when you look at previous first ladies that have died, and when other first ladies attended the services, you look at what they wore. Look at Barbara Bush when she died, and look at what Rosalind Carter wore. I think it was something like a white outfit. But no one said anything about it. So when you get the media jumping all these things, putting it out there, and people start saying, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Look at what she wore. That is a reason why I said during the first block and the second block that they are enemies of the people. They are an enemy of the state. And if we do not check them, if we do not put them in their place, if we do not take away their pen and paper, they will destroy us. And again, Heather, I am not talking about the free press. Now, I hate to say this, and I hate to keep you hanging like this, Heather, but we've got to go. We've got to end it. But we want to have you back on because I know that you have thoughts on that. So you're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Outlawed platform. We have had a rather lively debate. And because we've got to go, we're going to bring Heather back so that she can give the rebuttal to what I said. I mean, for the most part, we're on the same page, but I definitely want you to hear what Heather has to say because she's a fellow journalist. You listen to After Dark on the America Outlawed platform. We hope you'll come back tomorrow night to listen to the rest, the other half of the show. In the meantime, as my friend Andrew would say, stand for something or fall for nothing. God bless America and God bless Israel. Thank you. Good night.